Hello, sailors, and welcome to another episode of Offshore Sailing and Cruising with Paul Trammell. Well, this week I am interviewing Punk Rock Carl for the second time. You might remember Carl from Season 2, Episode 7. Carl is a solo sailor, and before he was a sailor, he was a bicycle messenger in New York City. And he's actually got his messenger bike on board with him, which he talks about. And anyway... I met Carl in Hatchet Bay earlier this year and interviewed him. Uh, we, we did some spearfishing and some surfing together. And anyway, after Hatchet Bay, he took off and sailed through the Bahamas and then went on to Turks and Caicos and then on to the Dominican Republic. And he was in the Anchorage at, at Luperon when I interviewed him. I've got some photos of Carl and his boat, which is a Shipman 28, on my website on the podcast and show notes page at paultrammell.com slash podcast. Click on season three at the bottom, scroll to the bottom for the latest episode. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. There is a link at the bottom of every page on my website. And you can also support this podcast by buying any of my books. My latest is a sailing nonfiction called Chasing the Nomadic Dream. You can find that at Amazon or a link on my website, paultrammell.com slash books. All right, so let's get right to it. This is my second interview with Punk Rock Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, we got it? Yay, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Good. Good. Good to see you again. Yeah, you too, man. How you been? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's um, it's 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 really nice down here in Panama. Um, yeah. I've, I've been enjoying it. I've been yeah. just sort of sitting in the same place. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little antsy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listening podcast. It sounds like you've had some you've had some pretty interesting guys on. Yeah, and I've had some good. I've had some some interesting people. It's uh, it's you know, it's, and it's good to have a, a combination of all different kinds of people on here um yeah it's fun you know i'm yeah, always yeah, making yeah you, you do a really good job with the variety of people you got, got a little bit of everything there yeah yeah definitely definitely the Thanks. race well the cruisers. yeah 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 exactly um yeah the people i interviewed this morning were uh high latitude sailors up in greenland and and uh newfoundland canada yeah yeah, you had a couple other guys like that on there too, didn't you? That's yeah, that stuff's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, I find it really, really there. fascinating. <laughs> I'm I'm really attracted to the, you know, the 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 adventure of that and the beauty of the nature and stuff in the mountains of yeah. Newfoundland and George, but the cold just scares the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, no joke. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, every time I get cold sailing, I'm like, why am I doing this? Sailing in the cold sucks, you know. There's just and, and like, every time, uh, every time you're talking to somebody up there, sailing around, it's all like icebergs and stuff. And like, nah, man, I don't, I don't want to sit watch for icebergs. That's just that's, that's, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's taking it too far. That's yeah, too a little far. bit. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can go visit the south coast of Newfoundland and uh, avoid the ice and then get out of there. But I'm not going to go any further north than that at least not anytime soon right i feel that man yep so so last time we talked we were both uh, uh sitting at the public dock in hatchet bay um that was that was a yep. while ago yeah it was uh, great yeah. so so where did you go well first off 
Um, this is this is our second you know our second interview, and uh, I know on the first one you you described your boat, but probably a lot of the listeners either don't remember or didn't even hear the first interview. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your boat first? Yeah, it's a uh, it's called the Shipman Twenty Eight. Uh, it's from Sweden. Uh, weighs about three tons, so it's it's pretty light. Um, gets tossed around a bit, but it does the job. Uh, it's kind of a yeah. weird boat. Uh, probably the weirdest part is it has, it has like a, on the, on, on the actual keel, it's got like a separate rudder type of thing that you can like switch over, um, to help straighten out the helm a little bit, which is really, really, really weird. I, I don't even know if there's a name for it. I've never heard of another boat having that. So it's, uh, probably the main peculiarity about it, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is a cool feature. So that, that that way you can you can eliminate or you can counteract whatever whatever weather helm you have, I suppose. Or um, yeah, pulling on the tiller really 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 hard, and uh, you just switch that over. Yeah, yeah it kind of writes itself out a little bit. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool device. I don't know why they're not more common, but yeah. it's a cool idea. Yeah. So where did you go after Hatchet Bay? Well, I went down to. There's like a like a little tiny harbor on the south of. Uh... Oh no! After Hatchie Bay, my friend from Miami came over to hang out, uh, and we went to Exumas for a little while, which was really really cool. Uh-huh. The uh, the sea life over there, the Exumas, is just out of this world, man. It's definitely the best they got over there, in the Bahamas. We went to yeah. you know we went to the Pig Island and uh, a couple other places, but uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We I, f- I forgot I saw you on on the on the street in Rock Sound uh, after Yeah, after yeah, you yeah, left yeah, 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 with uh, with Dr. Chris. Yeah. Yeah, with doc- Dr. Chris Vonderheed, another uh another uh interviewer, another guy who's been on the podcast. Um, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> that was. Yeah, we were um we were I was I was riding in the back of uh Chris's car and uh and you were hitchhiking. Yeah. A common yeah, common way to get around in the Bahamas. Yeah, uh, yeah, was classic. you get picked up in like a second. Well, especially if it's uh, yeah. guys picking up and, and went straight to a junkyard. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> a series of junkyards, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so you met your friend, and, and that's where you were going when we picked you up was to uh, go to the airport to meet your friend. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You went, you went to the Exumas, and uh, how did your friend like it? Oh, she liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Was she from, from the city, from New York? No, no, no. Uh, South Florida. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Not, not that much different, I guess, but still, you know, the Exumas are, yeah, the, the, the reefs down there are just crazy. Like basically everyone you go to is like really, really jaw dropping, I think. Yeah. You're right about that. The, the water's crystal clear down there and the, the coral reefs are healthy. Um, yeah. There's that huge, that, that huge marine protected area, uh, the Exumas Land and yeah. Sea Park. That's got to have something to do with it, with all the yeah, you know, giant no fishing, yeah. no take area. Yeah. With lots yeah, of healthy right. coral. Because, like, I mean, the colors on the coral, too, are just incredible. I don't understand. I don't understand how just like, you know, just across the way, it's, you know, so much different. But, you know, it is. It's definitely worth going to. I had a great time. But then. Uh, yeah. After that, uh, I went out to 
man I, it's so crazy i already forget like all the islands all of their names and stuff like that <laughs> but, oh uh, right cat island let's see from the exam is you might have gone to cat or long island yeah cat island yeah i, oh, I, went, yeah, there this I, went, to, I went to cat island and then uh i was trying to get over to uh What's the the other one that's like a like a preserve over there where the entire island is like you're not allowed Inception. to go on it? Yeah, I was trying to go down there, but uh, I ended up losing the wind and uh, the current there is actually really strong. So yes. I ended up like kind of getting swept out to sea, and uh, yep. fortunately the wind picked up in the middle of the night. But uh, I didn't actually make it out there just because like there was just not enough wind to get in there. I didn't even, yeah. you know, I wasn't really paying attention that well. And I just didn't think about the currents, you know, it was yep. just like, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't even, there was no way I was going to be able to get there. Like, cause the, yeah. I guess the wind was kind of just coming from conception or, or whatever. And uh, yeah, so I had to skip that and went to Long Island. Uh, <laughs> I lost my phone on Long Island and oh, no. uh, I kind of like parked myself in like a, kind of tight reef up there on the north of the island and like couldn't get out like yep. the uh, the charge the charge board on my phone broke i wake up in the morning with like one percent and i was like ah shit i can't get out of here um oh. yeah i ended up like riding my bike up and down the island some really cool people gave me their phone so i ended up being able to get out of there but uh long island was kind of cool and a good time there yeah you were up in the i remember you you sent me a message from there you're up in the north the north end of long island and, yeah um, there's like uh calabash bay calabash bay right yeah there's oh uh, yeah i was actually doing some surfing out there i cool. wasn't really wasn't really expecting to be able to do that there but had a pretty yeah. good reef which sometimes had waves and always kind of had fish yeah it was a cool spot i liked it there nice uh went out to crooked oh cool, cool. yeah it was a little underwhelming i wasn't able to find any any good sea life there unfortunately now, were you actually on Crooked Island or were you on uh, Long Key outside, uh, like that big, um, big island that faces west? Uh, I think it was Crooked. It's, the, you know, the one on the top. I, I, I made a yeah. couple stops there. I went to a couple places. I, I really, really remote, man. I were like, maybe I, there's there's like under 100 people on that island or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, you're right. There's not many people on Crooked Island. Yeah, so if you're up on the north the north coast then i yeah you're on crooked I, I was over there on long key which is the coast that faces uh well on the west coast yeah okay yeah i know what you're talking about yeah i was thinking about going that way but uh ended up staying on the north side mm -hmm. the planos which holy shit the planos are cool as hell oh um, yeah i haven't been there yeah. tell they're, me about it they're really really small and really really remote i didn't see a boat for the whole couple days i was out there which was cool yeah. uh yeah, good sea life. How was life. diving there? It was pretty awesome. Like the the part that I stayed in for the longest time was just like it was like twenty feet deep with coral heads everywhere. But most of them were you know significantly deeper than my boat. So kind of just like looking yeah. around for the clear spot of sand and like just dive right off the boat and spearfish Sweet. or you know look around. It was yeah, nice. it was really nice. And like I said, I didn't see a boat for a really long time. Yep. Yeah. Made it yeah, on, that's on my there. list. Yeah. I, yeah. You absolutely have to go there. It's really, really, really cool. I mean, it's, it's probably a lot like the ragged islands, which I didn't make mm -hmm. it to. I, I would imagine. 
Uh, yeah, the Ragged Islands are pretty cool. Um, and, but when I was there, I, I, I noticed a lot of the reef was dead. Like a huge, like most of the reef that I saw in the Ragged Islands was, was dead. Yeah, that's too bad. See, that's how crooked was, man. I don't, I don't understand because like there's nobody there. So it's like, you know, people aren't probably doing it. Yeah. I mean, they must just be getting like really warm water in there or something and bleaching or something. I, I don't know, but. Uh, well, diseases, yeah. you know, coral diseases are moving around um, in ways yeah. that we probably don't don't totally understand. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see and that. And they're hitting. Yeah. And they're, you know, so coral's dying uh, in, in places you wouldn't expect. Um, yeah, because it was I like wouldn't... absolute devastation. And there was, you know, there's nobody living there, nobody fishing there, really. Um, yep. And I went to like three or four spots along the top of uh, Crooked, you know, really hoping to find something awesome there. And there were these like, you know, incredible formations under there, you yeah. know, just massive like tabletops and stuff, but they're just covered in algae. It's, you know, it's just bare rock, basically. You know? Yeah, that's what happens. That's like, really unfortunate. If I'd just been here like 10 years ago, you know, it would have been so cool. But at this point, exactly. you know, it's just kind of dying out, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, I, I just recently, uh, well, my, the last podcast I produced was, uh, or published was an interview with Dr. Uh, Ricky Grober Erickson, and she's a coral reef ecologist. And that was, that was all we talked about was, um, you know, depressing subjects like yeah. worldwide die off of coral uh, yeah but yeah that's that's uh it's unfortunate that it's happening even in places that aren't getting fishing pressure that that suggests that it's it's either it's either some sort of climate change um you know and by that i mean uh water you know change in the water chemistry the, the physical properties of the water or it's disease yeah that was kind of what i was thinking but disease makes sense too yeah it's just really sad man so I'm always telling yeah. people, I'm like, dude, you got to get out there and see it before it's gone. So you really do. If you want to see coral, you know, now's the time because, you know, I, I started diving in the nineties, early nineties. Yeah. And, uh, I dove, uh, one of the places I distinctly remember, um, was diving in the, in the, uh, in the Abacos. Um, I took a, I, I did, I went, I was there for a couple of weeks diving every day uh, for a, for a college class and yeah. the coral reefs were just out of this world you know 100 percent alive all different it's like it's like looking at a city you know it's like looking down at the buildings of new york city and they're just covered with 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 life you know and colors yeah. um so many fish uh and I've, i dove on the same exact reefs um this year and last year and they're you know they're almost yeah i mean i'd say they're 80 percent dead 80 to 90 percent dead yeah like, i did the same different. thing only not that far apart like the the first time i went down to key west we went to the sand key light all the time and like yeah. i was really really impressed by it but uh i went back this time uh, maybe five years later and it's yeah, it's just like it's not the same it's a preserve too so it's like there's you know there's no fishing or whatever and it's yeah it's pretty cool you know but it's not it's not like it was even five years ago so yeah it's happening fast um and the, and and you know, there's basically two take-home messages. One one do what do whatever we can to make it stop, um, and number two is get out there and see it while you can because um, it's probably not going to stop. It's going to keep continue dying. Yeah. yeah, there's like little bits of hope though because like uh, I was out uh, snorkeling around out here in Luperon uh, 
there's just there's really nothing on the bottom it's just like rock um but there's these you know it looks like there was probably coral there at one point but there's like these little tiny baby staghorns that are popping up everywhere you know they're like yeah Yeah. which is like you know the staghorn is the best coral i think like it's the one that makes the coolest formation this is the one the fish seem to like the most and it's kind of rare you know like even in uh even in the Nixumas, you don't really see it too often but uh you know tons of these little tiny you know two or three inch tall staghorns and it's like hey you know maybe they're making yes you can come back here they're beautiful staghorn was the was the dominant coral uh throughout the caribbean and it was also one of the first to get hit with a, a disease and sort of wiping it out and it's and it's now rare um yeah but uh but I do still occasionally see it. In fact, I see it here in Panama. In fact, the uh, the coral reefs here are fairly healthy compared to what I normally see, which is un- which is unusual. I mean, which unexpected because the water unexpected, here. Unexpected, yeah. Yeah, the water here is like green. It's not clear. I, I think it is clear in the in the dry season, but I'm, but it's the rainy season now. Um, so the water is green, and people are fishing. There's lots of fishing pressure uh, now. The fishing here is done yeah. with hook and line or spear. I do not see the more destructive kinds of fishing, which would be fish traps or, or gill nets, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I don't see any of that yeah, here. Yeah, they don't do that here either. It's all the, hand. The, yeah, the locals here are literally out in dugout canoes, either either hand lining, like like fishing line that they just hold in their hand, um, or they're or they're in the water, uh, spear fishing. You know, with their you know dugout canoe dragging along behind them. Um, right. So it's it's not the destructive sort of fishing uh, that that I've seen in other parts of the Caribbean, where like in the, you know in St. Lucia, for instance, uh, I would go snorkeling and I would see gill nets strung up right. across the coral reef. So every every That's type of little coral reef fish is getting stuck in these gill nets. Probably um, mostly just, catching fish that nobody wants to eat. Yeah, they're catching everything. They're little ones, you know. I don't even know how you eat those tiny little fish, but. Yeah, they're catching all the all, I saw a guy, all, all the species. Uh, I saw a guy here shoot a moray eel. Oh yeah, yeah, he shot it and cleaned it. I mean, I didn't see him eat it, but presumably he did. I was like, "Whoa, I've never seen that before." You know? uh, yeah, no, me either. I mean, the moray eels are definitely <laughs> like, on the, man. They're on the list of uh, ciguatera threats. So I don't, I don't know if ciguatera is yeah. a threat in DR. It probably is though. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm certain it is, but. Uh... Also, yeah. the, that the color on the outside of those is made of mucus, like that slime. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, people do eat eels, but I was just kind of surprised by that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, that would. I wouldn't, that would I wouldn't try it, man. <laughs> that sucker could bite you, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I love seeing them too. That's one of my favorite things to see down there. They are. They're super cool. Um, yeah, I remember seeing one in Hatchet Bay. That was. It was so big. It was like as big around as as my leg right um, it was inside one of those caves you know it was inside a swim through cave yeah um, you know and i was in the cave and i saw this huge snake looking thing that was just a monster and i was like oh my oh my gosh <laughs> i'm getting out of yeah, here they're, uh, they're pretty threatening and they they definitely bite and they don't let go too so <laughs> best to give them yeah uh, i've yeah I've, i think they have really poor eyesight and um when something gets close enough, they bite. I had one bite my camera once. I stuck my camera up in a in a cave in a hole, and uh, more eel came out. And it wasn't a moray; it was a 
Uh, well, yeah, it wasn't a green warrior. It was a spotted, some sort of spotted warrior. But anyway, I came out and yeah. hit the camera and I got it on video. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, so where'd you go after the Planet Keys? Yeah, I went through uh, Turks and Caicos. I stopped in uh, Provo um, to fix my phone because, yeah, my phone still was, it was such a pain in the ass, man. Losing the, losing my main phone was really, 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 really tough. <laughs> But uh, I ended up getting that fixed. And stuff. I just missed the whales, unfortunately. I was kind of hoping I'd get there for the whale breeding season in the uh, the spring. Yeah. But yeah. I just missed it. But I, you know, I saw a humpback and calf. Uh, I don't know, maybe like fifty or fifty meters off the boat, headed back oh, up north, cool. which was really cool to see. Wow. So I still yeah. got to see it anyway. So that's kind of cool. Um. Yeah, Turks and Caicos, kind of a pain in the ass stop because it's really expensive. Uh -huh. uh, it costs about as much as it does to go to the Bahamas. Really? Yeah. For like three days or something like that. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. They're not, uh, and Provo is, it, it's good for getting supplies and stuff, but it's it's very similar to like, you know, South Beach or something with resorts and things like that. Oh, okay. So, some of the little islands on the south of the bank were really cool, though. Uh, like Ambergris Key, where I crossed over from, was really cool. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was planning on staying there for a little longer. But, uh, you know, I've been kind of stressing about crossing over to the uh, Dominican Republic the whole time I was in the Bahamas, just because the, uh, the way the wind and the current are. But uh, I ended up down there at Ambergris Key on the very southeast of the, the Turks and Caicos Bank. And uh, yep. kind of ended up just getting like a uh, northwest, northeast wind, you know, just perfect. And I was like, well, I guess, uh, I guess I got to take it, you know. So <laughs> crossed over yeah. to uh, Lisbon, took about 24 hours. Pretty decent sail, basically a beam reach, you know, which is rare as hell for that, for that crossing. Yeah. So that was cool. Nice. Um, and we is really 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 cool i've been here since in the dominican republic um yeah it's great going on bike touring trips and stuff i've pretty much been like all over the island really or all over the dominican republic anyways yep so what was it like um coming into the dr did you did you have to contact them ahead of time or did you just show up and call them on the vhf oh man well actually i ended up uh i got my my jib caught at the top and i couldn't close it which oh, really, no. really sucked. So i was like spinning around like wildly out in front of the harbor <laughs> oh, no. uh, like i was trying to get in before nighttime because i guess i don't know i guess people think it's hard to get in here it's it's not hard to get in here it was really easy but uh anyways yeah i'm like spinning around wildly i'm like maybe i should climb up there pull it down um ended up being able to shake it loose and pull the whole the whole jib down but uh anyways yeah i came in at the middle of the night passed out uh some guys in a uh, dugout canoe came out and checked me in it was pretty easy i think uh, a lot of people don't come here though because they kind of do have dumb uh dumb rules where like if i wanted to go to another port in the dominican republic i need to check out of here and then yeah. sign in the next one each time which is pretty annoying so i haven't yeah. done 
I was like, I was kind of thinking like, oh, I'll go over to this, you know, this other harbor for a week or something like that. And it's just, you can't really do that too easily here. I think uh, as far uh, as people trying to change that, but uh, as of now, yeah, it's not really, not really too, too convenient. Uh-huh. But, but you enjoy just uh, your time staying in the same place in Luperone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's perfect for hurricane season because it's, you know, it's pretty mountainous. And the harbor is uh-huh. pretty tight, but still large enough for lots of boats. There's, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred boats here. Wow. Most of the people here are really cool. I mean, the locals are great. The, most of the other sailors are pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. been our. I mean, like I said, I am getting pretty antsy. I'm pretty excited to get out of here. But uh, is, the, is the anchorage uh, quiet or is it noisy or what's that like? Is there a lot of traffic going yeah, through? Yeah, it, it... it's really quiet. Um the Dominican Republic itself, though, is probably the loudest country in the world. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, these guys love cranking up their music. I've never seen anything like it, man. Really? But like, uh, yeah, just like a an SUV with uh, the entire back just filled with amps. Like these guys, they know how to party. <laughs> but uh, the, the anchorage itself is really, really pretty quiet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there. Uh, I'm in a quiet anchorage now, but the, the anchorage, the other two anchorages that I'm usually in, um, there's always music. You know, at night, yeah. bars playing music. One of them is just like incredibly loud. I can't stay there on weekends. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they and definitely. Then, have and then, yeah, and then sometimes I'll wake up. You know, I get up early in the morning uh, before the sunrise, and sometimes I'll walk out on deck. And and the those same bars are still playing music. Like they're partying all night long. Right. And there's they're still going in the morning. Sometimes I'll get my binoculars out and look and, and like there's guys hanging out drinking beer and it's like the sun's coming up and they've obviously been partying all night. <laughs> they're, they're still out there <laughs> going for it. Yeah, t- totally different schedule, you know, for me. They, they they were probably showing up to the bar when I was going to bed. <laughs> So how was you? You said you were riding your bike uh, across the Dominican Republic. What's that like? What did you see, and what are the roads like? And man, the- and it's mountainous here. <laughs> it's yeah. it can be tiring, man. But uh, it's pretty great. The the roads are actually in excellent shape. Like really, 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 really smooth, which is you know nice on a bicycle. Um, uh-huh. It's kind of cool. That the island is it's big enough that there's kind of a lot to see, but small enough that you know. You can kind of, you know, see everything too. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of cool. You know, there's like all these like little roadside shops and stuff where like, yep. I don't know, you can just stop. I'll be like roasting a pig or something. Oh. Get like a, you know, like an excellent lunch and then get back get back to it, you know. Right. Cool. cool. So Yeah, there's a nice spot. So the podcast listeners are probably right now imagining you on a, on a folding bicycle that most cruisers have cruising or you know, riding that around uh, the DR, but t- tell us about your bicycle. <laughs> no, I got a, a titanium road bike. It's uh, you know, it's not very comfortable, but it's really fast. <laughs> I couldn't, yep. I, I kind of wanted to get something a little bit more practical for the boat when I left, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to sell it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. still rocking the uh, full size uh, road bike. Right on. Is it, what, does it, does it have gears or is it a single speed? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, pretty standard road bike setup with, uh, I want to say, well, I used to have, uh, nine cogs on the back 
two on the front, but now I got eight because this guy, man, I like having a bike on deck, like, I mean, everything on it just, just turns to rust so fast, like everything but the frame. So I ended up, all my spokes were bad. They just kind of turned to powder. I got on the bike and they just started snapping. So we oh, got supplies for that, but I uh, ended up finding a new wheel but I needed to get the uh, the cassette, you know, like the gears on the back. I needed to get that swapped off and I didn't have the tool. So I was like walking back to the bike shop. I had to take a bus to get there or whatever. And this guy at a, a motorcycle shop, he's building wheels. And he's like, oh, I can do that for you. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, go across the street to get a drink. Sit on the curb for a little while. It's kind of taking a while. So I'm like, damn, like what's going on? It's pretty simple. You just use the wrench and you take it off. Like easy to take like three minute stops i look in there yeah. this dude is cutting it off with an angle grinder like just took the you know like the gear on the outside of the the hub just cut that what? off yeah i was like what the fuck dude <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> he did that to both them both of them the new wheel and the old wheel just cut the spline with the uh the cogs on it just cut it straight off so then what? i had to go another wheel and it turns out that i had bought the last wheel in that town i had to go to a completely different city oh yeah, my it was gosh really <laughs> but is uh, that like was a is that like a language problem the guy think you 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 no, asked him to destroy both your wheels or what no he just wanted 500 pesos and uh i guess he thought like I, he probably just never seen a bicycle wheel before because he was a motorcycle guy and he was yeah. probably, you know, with, you know, bigger vehicles like motorcycles and cars, like you kind of can just like really yank on shit and cut stuff up and just kind of put it back together. But, you know, on a, on a bicycle that just doesn't work. I don't, I don't know what he thought he was going to do with it or yeah, know, maybe he cut it off and then he was like, oh, wait, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> maybe maybe he just got angry and, and kept on breaking out more severe tools. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Like. I don't know if you don't know how to do it, just just say so. It's fine, but don't cut it off. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. use an angle grinder on a bicycle. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, there's there's almost never a reason to do that unless if you're actually trying to cut the bike in half or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Never use uh, never use alligator the uh, the vice grips, a hammer, an angle grinder. Those those don't belong anywhere near a bicycle. <laughs> No, not a fine road bike, not a titanium road bike anyway. Nah. <laughs> no. So do you do you speak Spanish? <laughs> no, not really, man. <laughs> I'm working on it. I got I got the Duolingo app. I've been trying to get better. Right. I'll get there, right. man. Yeah. You're kind of the same right? Yes. Um, I mean I, I speak enough to get by, but not really to have a conversation or um or to really understand when someone else is talking, it's very difficult for me to understand anything. Um, yeah. yeah. If, if, if something's written down, I can eventually decipher it. But uh, yeah, speech is pretty difficult. I can say yeah, hello and I can ask things. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost exactly the same. Man. I think I think we're at the same level. Like I can, yeah. I can signs kind of, I can ask for stuff. But when it comes to somebody, somebody trying to explain something to me, I'm pretty lost. Or uh, yeah definitely can't tell anybody about my life or anything like that you know right like, you can't get you know, into like, conversation yeah i can order the french fries and stuff but <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 
maybe tell them where I'm from, but that's about that's about it. But you know, I, I I learn some new words every day. So that's the way to do it. Yeah, I I often if I'm going to town, I'll try to anticipate what I'm going to say or what I need to ask for, and then I'll try to learn those words and uh, <laughs> go on to town. But yeah, I, mean, yeah, I showed up here with. I'll go for it. I showed up here with with various Spanish books, trying to study and learn more. But um, that kind of, I was kind of more more enthusiastic about that when I first got here than I have been for the rest of the time. There's always yeah, always an excuse not to study. Yeah, and uh, Google Translate is just so good too that uh, it's like I've I've actually I don't have any books or dictionaries or anything like that, but uh, Google Translate is. Is pretty effective for the most part so it is but yeah i was about to say that that's the thing i do it's like on my walk into town i like look up different phrases that i intend to use or you yep. know like how do i say paint i'm trying to get some paint you know <laughs> yep. how do i for the fiberglass you know at the yeah exactly yeah you learn learn the words you're going to need to use yeah it's been a lifesaver yep so what's the what's the weather like in Luperon? Oh man, it's perfect. It's it's rained maybe twice since I've been here. Oh yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just always like I would say about well, about this time of day, the trade winds pick up, come in about you know twenty knots, and then uh, stays that way. Super sunny, twenty knots from the east all day, every day until about eh, sundown. And then uh, uh -huh. no wind at all. Uh-huh. And uh it picks up and repeats every single day. Wow. Uh, we've had uh we've had two tropical storms go overhead. None of them were that serious, but they came right over. And uh it actually it kind of actually knocked down the the winds, if anything. Uh-huh. Well, kind of put trade winds up a little bit, you know, <laughs> like uh -huh. like, oh man, we might get we might see like, you know. 30 knots or something like that like nope uh, like maybe 10 you know uh -huh. so it's good hurricane. So what do you do for what do you do for water for drinking water um well you uh you don't really drink the water here um, most people have uh like a cistern on top of their house for mostly for toilets and stuff like that uh -huh. but uh, they have you know like the big water cooler jugs like the five gallon water cooler jugs that you can get for uh 50 pesos like i think under a dollar oh so you can plug nice. those back and forth to the boat but it's you know it's no big deal i would yeah. love to have those at the dock though <laughs> i kind of miss that yeah. But, yeah that's one of the things i like about it's it here I've, I've i've um i've caught rainwater for all my water use since i've been here yeah, yeah, you said that on another podcast. I was kind of jealous. Like when I when I, I'm gonna head down that way too eventually, and uh, I I'll be doing that as well. I'll yeah, call you for. I mean, that's only it's only uh, you know available in the rainy season. I think um, the rainy season comes to an end around uh, December, right? And uh, starts back up in uh, um, May or June or something. Um, but yeah, that's been a bonus. Um, in fact, in fact, I have way more water than I've ever had. I have enough to to bathe and do laundry and you know i mean when it's raining like there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of water to go around when it's raining hard like you can catch a lot of water fast if you have a, a system set up yeah yeah do you drink the rainwater too or yeah 
Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I've been uh, lugging a five-gallon jug of water over here to like to clean my clothes, you know, which is pretty yeah. annoying. <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna do? Oh uh, yeah, laundry is one of the most difficult parts of living on board. Yeah, living aboard. Living yeah, on usually, uh, wash them off in seawater with like uh, Joy dish soap. I think is usually the best soap for seawater. But uh, oh, I didn't know clothes off in the seawater. Water, and then I just like rinse it out with the uh, fresh water once so I don't have to use as much but uh works okay cool oh you got a system yeah so where do you want to go next man I don't know it's I've been sitting here sitting here at the bar talking to people and everybody has a different idea of where it's best to go from here it's like yep. I kind of wanted to go east because I'm already this far east it's like see the virgin islands or something like that but then yep. i'm thinking like man it'd be really nice to go down wind too you know so maybe turn around and kind of head towards uh cuba central america i don't know i really don't man <laughs> yeah i don't know it's that's kind of the thing it's like honestly i don't really care it's like anywhere i go is going to be awesome i'm sure you know like well that's the thing it's really, hard to make a bad decision yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Honestly, I'll probably make up my mind like out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, like, like the, the wind Harper direction. Like, eh, yep. Yeah, west, going west, you know. <laughs> but yep. uh, yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah, that was that was me in the Bahamas too. Like I, I tried to go to Conception Island and um, ended up at Cat Island. Yeah yeah it's like uh it's like if the wind isn't working out it's like whatever everywhere else is going to be good too like kind of wanted to go to conception but nah long island's good you know and it was yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah there's no there's no sense in uh you know fighting against the wind when you're in the bahamas because there's there's always another island that you can sail to right yeah um, i mean honestly i kind of want to go back to the bahamas a little bit too Maybe. yeah that's what i'm that's that's what i'm gonna do um I want to, there's so much to see there and I haven't seen all the islands yet. And, um, and even among the islands I've been to, there's, there's still so much more to see underwater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people can and do spend their whole lives just sailing back and forth there, you know, like, why not? It's close. It's easy. It's fun. You know? So yeah. I get it. I mean, that where, I could I could see myself getting into a routine like that eventually, you know. Not now, but you know, who knows? Yeah, I think yeah. I think I'm gonna go to Cartagena next and then and then I'll have a beam reach or a slight very slightly upwind beam reach to the Bahamas. Yeah. And um yeah, perfect. I loved uh I loved uh Great Inagua. Yeah. Such a beautiful place, and I only got to see um you know one little part of it, Man of War Bay and uh and um matthew town yeah there's a lot more to the island than that but man i tell you what the the diving in man of war bay was out of this world yeah i heard um, your podcast on it sounded really good i was like man i kind of want to turn around and <laughs> go back there <laughs> you know yeah yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go check it out and i want to go to you know i haven't been to my iguana yet um yeah the, the I, I, I was monarchy at my iguana but uh you went to yeah, my iguana what's that you went to my iguana i did that's where i checked out oh, okay how and how was that 
Well, they, they had closed the customs office, so you can't check in. And oh, okay. I that meant you couldn't check out, so I was kind of freaking out a little bit. But then uh, I ended up, like, running into a cop who, uh, he just had a stamp, and he just stamped it. And he was like, you're good to go, oh, man. It's like, oh, cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the weather line perfectly, and I had to run. So And I had just checked out, so I couldn't really hang out too long. But um, really, really tiny yeah. little remote in there with the... Uh, the customs office they, i guess there used to be one but there isn't anymore isn't that funny sometimes you, you show up somewhere with with you know expecting a town and um and a you know people and civilization and you get there and there's like yeah nobody you know a little a little shack and a couple of people <laughs> like no town yeah yeah they're like, yeah guys, i mean those people <laughs> two guys sitting on the bench and they're like yeah, yeah. the cops over there you can go yeah talk to yeah them. i mean those people live a remote life <laughs> we'll you know? in. <laughs> Yeah, I, di- I didn't realize that really, you know, because I don't know, like, I guess before I went there, I kind of was thinking, uh, yeah, I pictured a town, I don't know, resorts or something, you know, people, people visit all the time, flying in and hanging out on the beach or whatever. But then it's like, yeah, some of those places are like, yeah, man, really, really far away. Like, if you, I don't know, had an accident or something like I, that's <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm pretty negative, but the whole thing, you know, <laughs> I'm like down there on crooked and there's like, you know, like, man, if I like, like fell off one of like into one of these like rock holes and broke my leg, you know, like, dude, even if somebody came, yeah, you know, where would you, where would they take you, you know, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to get flown out probably for something, you know, to get a cast or something, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I remember talking to a guy wild, on Long man. Island once, um, we were on the, the dock at um the flying fish marina in clarence town and there were some some sharks swimming around underneath us you know one of them was a bull shark and um and i asked the guy he's a local guy and i, and I said mm-hmm. you know what's what's up with sharks like do the locals swim um the did, did sharks bite like do people get attacked like you know how do you guys view it and he and he said uh you know, the, the sharks, like almost nobody ever gets bit. And he, but then he says, and that's a good thing because the only hospitals in Nassau. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get hurt. Yeah. You don't want to get hurt when you're in the that's Bahamas. Uh, be careful. But I guess that goes for most places, really. Um, you don't want to get hurt in the United States either, unless you have really good health insurance. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah get, hurt in, <laughs> get hurt in Canada or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep or something like that well, all right well yeah take you off to a hospital so what else is going on what are you up to today <laughs> well my carburetor's messed up on my dinghy uh, so i gotta do that looks like uh uh-huh. looks like bad gaskets probably so whip out the exacto mm. knife and get to work on that shortly here yeah i i upgraded my yeah, I upgraded the dinghy. Uh, I still have both right now, um, and I've got to sell one of them before I leave. I can't take them um, both with me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've been zipping around with a 15 horsepower lately. It's like having a car. It's like it's like having a car for the first time again. You know? Yeah, like I can go places <laughs> without having to row. Um, and I, you know, but I kind of miss <laughs> rowing too. That was yeah. my exercise. And the good thing about having a little rowboat is it's so light. Right. Um, you know, getting it up on deck is no problem. You drop it in the water, put the oars in, and you're ready to go. And then when I'm spearfishing right. or snorkeling, it's easy to move it around, you know, pull it along behind me. It's a whole different story when you've got a, a bigger dinghy that's heavy with the motor on it. Right. You can get yeah. somewhere fast, yeah, but, but, but it's hard to, 
it's hard to pick up the anchor and move it from one place to another. It's like nothing with my little rowboat. I can drag that around with me and not even realize it's attached to my wrist most of the time. So there's, there's pros and cons to both of yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, now I'm, now I'm paying for gasoline and, and uh, occasionally having to work on it or I've had to take it to the shop and get it fixed. Right. Um, yeah, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. I can't, I can't keep them both. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to be able to be like going on a big dinghy adventure. Yeah. Like, it's like one of my favorites, somewhere. you know, it's like, uh, just hop on some water and food and just like, you know, spend the entire day just zooming around, going uh -huh. to different, different reefs. You can cover so much space yeah. with a quick dinghy, you know? So yeah, well my, that's like, that's definitely, yeah, my new dinghy's paid, paid for itself in my mind already just from the surfing I've gotten to do. That's why I bought it. You can't access. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the surf breaks here without, without transportation. Um, I, I mean, you could, you, you could, you could go ashore and get a taxi, but you're not going to get there at the crack of dawn, you know, and catch the good surf in the morning. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. And we had some, we had some really ideal yeah, definitely. days here where I got to go surf uh, one of the, one of the really good reef breaks. Yeah, And I was there like an hour before sun, you know, when the sun hadn't even come out, like when you can barely see enough to justify getting in the water, you know, like I'm there ready to go. And there's only two other guys out, and, you know, we're getting, we're getting good waves. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. That's why I bought it, you know? Um, and uh, so it's yeah. already, it's already justified. Yeah, there purchase. you go. I went surfing twice here. Actually, I was expecting it to be a little bit better than it was. Oh yeah. But uh, I guess it's like in the winter they get surf here. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're gonna get the north, but, uh, north swells there in the wintertime, huh? Yeah, it's like I put every now and again, like the trade winds before they pick up. Every now and again, there's a pretty good day here. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm leaving. I'm kind of jealous though because I wanted to get more. Yeah. yeah. Well, come down here. I mean, it's there's plenty of surf here, uh, and I'm I'm gonna be leaving right when the real surf season starts. Um. Oh yeah. But even even in the off season, you know, we had some, we had plenty of surf. I, I got, I got more, more, more surf than I ever have in my life. You know, uh, it's, it's been pretty incredible and some of it's been extremely good. Uh, it's, it's all been very you know challenging. It's, it's a different kind of waves than what I'm used to, you know, powerful barreling waves here. Um, you know, scary, like, like waves that are usually not, you know, wave sizes that are usually not scary at all to me, like a head high surf or a little bit overhead. Like I'm, I'm never scared of that, but here, yeah, it can get scary when it's, when it's a heaving barrel really yeah when it's like a heaving powerful barrel that doesn't let you in early and it's and it's head high like that's serious you know that'll that'll yeah you can get that'll that's like scary looking sometimes you know and i yeah i broke my board i broke my brand new board no way on the first wave one day we went to bluff <laughs> beach yeah eric me and eric went to bluff beach uh which is known for it's a it's a sand bottom shore break heavy heavy barrel uh, known for breaking boards I and mean, we got there and it's like big barreling waves that you can't get into early they just they just go from an open ocean rolling wave to a vertical wall that throws out you know massive heavy barrel like immediately and we're both we're both just sort of sitting there looking at it like oh my goodness what have we gotten ourselves into and uh, I finally tried to get one and just got pitched and um, broke the board wow. just broke the board right away that was it from the wave itself or you think it like hit rocks or something or what uh no there's no rocks there actually what happened is that 
I got pitched and I was okay. And the board was okay at first, but then I was standing in like waist deep water and there's huge barreling waves coming right at me. And um, so I had, right. I had to dive underneath one and it landed right on my board. So it was a wave landing on my board while I was swimming under the wave. That's, that's how it broke. Right. Just damn. Just the force of yeah. That's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Just the force of the lip landing on the board. And it was funny. Like while I was underwater, I knew, like my like my subconscious knew exactly where my board was, and I knew where the wave was going to land. And I remember thinking, that's going to break my board, no doubt about it. That's done. That's it. This is it. You know. And I pulled it pulled it up to me, and it was still in one piece, but it was totally broken across the whole middle of the board. And that was that was the end. Can you get stuff down there pretty easily or no? Oh yeah, you can get anything you need here. It's it's really easy. Um, Focus, yeah. Focus Town has you know a whole bunch of uh, grocery stores and hardware stores, and um, there's some boating stores, drug stores, electronic stores, um, and you can get mail service here. So like, you can order stuff through Amazon and have it shipped uh, here for, it costs about $5 a pound, um, but you can do it. But yeah, it's, it's really easy to get anything you need here. And that's one reason why I'm, I've kind of been in the same place. It's like, I keep thinking Damn. of- Oh yeah, well, not yeah i keep they thinking of things i need i keep thinking of some yeah, some yeah. other thing i need and i'll order it and then i'll be waiting for a package and then i'll think of something else and it's easy to get like stuck in one place like that you know and i've got internet service yeah. here yeah it's not like it's spoiled now. you get spoiled yeah there's <laughs> surf um the spearfishing's not great but it's but if once you start learning like where they are you can you can get some fish every now and then uh but right, right you know and the surf's good and um it's there's no there's no weather you have to worry about there's no strong winds that make you have to move so you can just you can, yeah you can just anchor your boat somewhere you like and stay as long as you want um yeah seriously that's the thing about the bahamas huh yeah that's the one thing that I, you know, you're always on the move always watching yeah. weather always on the move unless you're at hatchet bay right yeah the exception yeah totally right on well what any any other news any other news from the dominican republic or uh any other interesting things no, any interesting people no. you've met i mean everyone down here is pretty interesting in their own way but uh yep yeah i mean i could probably i could probably send you some people who might be down for an interview there's some uh cool some pretty crazy stories i've heard at the bars around here so oh yeah anytime man you hear you hear a good story you think would work on the the podcast uh you know give them give them my yeah. contact info um, always, yeah totally always looking for good stories and, and and variety you know i like to i like to mix it up have all sorts of people yeah here. um yeah absolutely yeah I'll, I'll text you a couple of them or something or email you a couple of them or something eventually here cool all Definitely right before i get up. all right laurie go for the rest of your sailing man hit me up when uh actually you got to tell me when you get to cartagena you got to tell me about that because that's one of the places i wanted to go all right yeah um yeah. I'll be there uh, mid mid to late October, and um, oh yeah, yeah, I'll send you an email. It looks easy. I've been I've been kind of checking it out as much as I can, but it looks it looks pretty simple, you know. Um, there's a big anchorage right in Cartagena. There's two. There's a couple of marinas. Um, yeah, and uh, they don't even they're not even requiring a COVID test right now to get into Colombia. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's a 
a big boner. Yeah. So, so typically what you do to, I mean, I've been to Columbia once uh, on San Andres, San Andres on the way here. And the, the procedure right, yeah. is you, you find uh, a customs agent ahead of time and contact them, you know, before you leave wherever you are. And, and then they'll be your agent when you arrive and uh, they'll, they'll tell you what you need and what you have to do. But, but, but what, so what happened on the way to, right. you know, San Andres is you, you, um, when you get it, when you get like within 12 miles of, of the Island or, or you, you call, uh, the port control and tell them you're coming and tell them who your customs agent is. And you just kind of follow the instructions from there. You know, I mean, it's basically pull into the anchorage and they come out and fill out some forms and that's about it. It's pretty simple. But, but bottom line, is you got to find an agent first, you know, and, and you can do that easily yeah. on the internet or, or on Facebook. Um, or pro probably uh, Navionics probably has that on the, on the chart, huh? Uh, the port agents. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe if you look in the comments for the anchorages. Um, right. Right. Yeah. You can find anything in there. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah, and you can always just call one of the marinas too and say, you know, you're, you're coming and oh, right. who's who's a, who's who's the customs agent that I need to find and you know and the, and the agents charge you some money. You know, I had to pay ninety bucks to my customs agent, but you know, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but that's just how that's just how their system works. That that guy, like, he runs the paperwork for you. He he prevents you from having to go ashore and go to various different places with your passport, and you know, he does all that for right. you. So he does some legwork for you and you, and you pay him. And, and um, that's just how, that's how the system works. You got to pay to visit their country, you know? Yep. So, all right. Well, great. It's been great talking to you, Carl. I appreciate your, you taking the time yeah, to come on to the podcast today. And um, oh yeah, anytime. hopefully we'll run into each other again out there. Yeah, no doubt, dude. All right. Yep. Take it easy, man. All right. See you later, Carl. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. I've got some photos of Carl and his boat on my website at paultrammell.com slash podcast. Go to the, uh, it's the podcast and show notes page. Click on season three at the bottom. Scroll to the bottom for the latest episode. And the next episode, which I'll be releasing next uh, Sunday night. So it'll be available Monday morning. And that is going to be the schedule from now on. Every Monday morning, there will be a new episode. And the next episode is a second interview with Karen Trimbach. Karen uh, was on the, on the podcast earlier this season. And she has crossed through the Panama Canal and is soon going to be on her way to the, to the South Pacific if you want to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. You'll find a link to that on every page of my website. If you're not familiar with Patreon, that is a service that allows you to pledge a certain amount every month in order to support the podcast, and it gives you access to my Patreon page where I occasionally post uh, various things like uh, mini-episodes, so you get access to bonus content through Patreon. You can also support the podcast by buying any of my books. I've got five that I've published through Amazon. My latest is called Chasing the Nomadic Dream, and it is a sailing nonfiction that starts with me buying this boat, Windflower, in Massachusetts, and taking her south and going through the Bahamas and ending up in Florida. And I'm also working on a hardback version with color photos of 
Journey to the Ragged Islands. So that will be available uh, soon. Uh, in fact, it might be available right now while you're listening to this. So if you're interested in a hardback of Journey to the Ragged Islands, which which has been uh, has been the number one bestseller of sailing books in Amazon a few times, and it often finds itself in the top ten. And like I said, in the hardback version of that book, I'm going to have all the photos in color. If you want to follow my adventures, you can do so at Instagram. My Instagram name is trammel.paul. That's T-R-A-M-M-E-L-L dot P-A-U-L. And you can also message me through Instagram if you need to get in touch about anything. And I've also got a YouTube channel called Paul Trammel. And I often put up videos that support my books. For instance, Journey to the Ragged Islands has a whole series uh, that follows along the, the book. Or the book follows the videos. The videos follow the book. Well, any, either way you want to look at it, the videos are there to support the book. So you can read along and then you can watch the video and see what happened. All right, folks, again, thanks for listening. I definitely appreciate all of you out there. I wouldn't be here without you. And uh, until next time, happy sailing and peace out.